This week on Low Earth Orbit, we talk about the comic book series Saga. Welcome to Low Earth Orbit. This is episode 29. I'm Scott Stevenson. I'm Justin Voss. I'm Steve Marmon. This week, we're talking about the comic book series Saga. This is a series that started in March 2012. It's written by Brian K. Vaughn, who wrote another book that we reviewed earlier in the series, the series, in the podcast. That's probably what I meant to say. Sure. <laughs> uh, Why the Last Man. And we were, it was sort of mixed. Justin really liked Why the Last Man. And Steve and I were, there were parts of it we really liked and parts of it we didn't like as much. And Saga's, it's the same writer, but the art is by Fiona Staples. So Pia Guerra was one of the primary artists on Why the Last Man. So the art style is very, very different. And the story is very different, too. It's kind of a take on a Romeo and Juliet love story. The The parents are Marco and Alana, and they're both from these eternally warring factions. Marco's faction lives on the moon, and Alana's faction lives on the planet that the moon orbits. And they have their first child at the beginning of the book, and they're trying to basically get out of that situation and find a place in the universe where they can raise their family in peace. And part of the story is actually told through the eyes of the future version of the daughter, and she's narrating through a lot of the story elements take place in the midst of Raptor, her birth. Steve, the thing I remember you saying about Why the Last Man, your view of it was, you were interested in the story, but the art was sort of underwhelming, and you didn't find characters that you connected to. I think it's the summary of your review. Does that sound right? Yeah, I think that's about right. I felt like, in some ways, Why the Last Man having in graphic novel form was an inferior way to present the story versus an actual novel because the illustrations were so pedestrian and underwhelming that they painted a more unexciting version of the world than I could have imagined myself. And so, yeah, to some degree, Saga, I think, makes a much better use of the form, you know, of the medium, because, you know, it presents this, you know, it's this very surreal world. When I, like, a character was, was first revealed, like, there's this character called The Stock, Mm-hmm. And when she first comes on screen, like, I don't think textually you could have written it in a way to be as shocking as it is when you see her on the page visually here, you know, and there's so many things is enriched by having this visual accompaniment to the story. Whereas Why the Last Man, I didn't think it ever really added anything, it only detracted from the story. Mm-hmm. So I, I like that a lot. The actual style itself, I, I'm a bit mixed on because part of me likes kind of the watercolory background. But it has the same thing that sort of bothers me that early, actually the majority of Disney cell animation has, which is that the background is this kind of this beautiful watercolory background and there's no like thick black borders between anything. And yet in the foreground, everything is separated by these thick black borders and they're filled with solid colors because it's how cell animation works. And so the background and foreground look really different. The background looks more, more lush and more textured and more real and the foreground looks more fake. And the foreground, they don't have the flat cell-like coloring like Disney ones do, but they have the strong black borders and black outlines. So they feel very disconnected. The foreground and background feel very disconnected. And so in some scenes, like whether these big far-out scenes where you see like a huge battle happening, it looks bizarrely cartoony because you'll see this, the actual landscape will be this lush watercolor. And then there'll be these like cartoony ships you know, that are supposed to be part of the same scene but don't feel like the same scene. And I found that really distracting. And I, and I understand why cell animation is like this, because your background is fixed and your foreground is what you're animating. But I mean, why is it the case here? There are two different animators for the foreground and background. Like, why make the two so different? Why not have that same style all the way through and make it feel like one cohesive, beautiful panel? And so I've got to really wrap my head around why that's the case. Maybe one of you guys can fill me in. Uh, but I find it really bothersome. And I really felt detracted from the visual style. It could have been so much more had it not had that. And I can show you the exact panel here if you want. That really highlights that the most. But that's one thing I didn't like about it. In terms of the characters, 
I don't think it really addresses my concerns with Why the Last Man because, you know, the the male character, Marco, is basically Yorick from Why the Last Man with horns. Otherwise, exactly the <laughs> same. Awesome. It's the same sarcastic wit, same, like, you know, penchant for overreacting, like Yorick, but now he's in a new universe. And Alana is basically Agent 355. The same sort of torture relationship between the two of them. You know, it's, it's progressed further along at this point when you pick them up in Saga, but it gets kind of gets there in, in Why the Last Man as well, except that she has wings this time. Otherwise, she's basically the same personality there as well. She doesn't want to have to be, you know, too dependent on this guy, and she's very strong-spirited. And that, they're fine characters, but I just feel like here they are again. It's frustrating when, when authors don't seem to be able to produce more than the same cast for their, their works. Other authors suffer from this as well, but I felt like, man, I just can't not see those Why the Last Man characters every time I look at the panel and for these characters. And I really don't like that. You know, I think I think it's better than Why the Last Man in some ways, but in some ways I might like it less because I saw I read Why the Last Man first. And if I hadn't, I maybe I would still be annoyed at the characters here in the same way I was annoyed at the Why the Last Man characters. But at least I'm not annoyed at them, plus feeling like they're a retread of, of existing characters. <laughs> so how, that makes so sense. how far through did you read again? So we, I read all of volume one, which is books we discovered one through six. The chapters one through six. Yeah. Chapters one through six. I read, read. I read the, the half of volume one. So first three chapters. Yeah. Okay. Justin, you famously liked White House Man mm-hmm. more than either of us, but you also read the complete series and we didn't. Yeah. Well, like um, Stevenson's read the whole series, haven't you? I read the whole series. Okay. Well, I, I haven't, yeah. I have more more thoughts on the art style, but I'll, I'll wait to hear what Justin has to say first about Saga. Yeah, yeah so I liked Wild Last Man, and I had heard about Saga a couple times, and I feel like I saw a couple panels from it or something and heard the description and thought, yeah, I don't know if that's my thing. And as I started reading it, and I read it really briskly last night, so I kind of just zoomed through it real fast. But at first, I was kind of like, yeah, I don't know if this is my thing. And actually, I find that some of the other characters in the series are way more interesting than the protagonists. Yes, I, like, like 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 the Stock and Will, that relationship? That's, that's way I, more interesting. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I think that's one of the things I like the best about that. I hope they do more with that. And it seems like it's really one-dimensional at first, and then it's not. Right. You know, which is really cool. Yeah. So, yeah, like specifically the Will, I thought was a cool character. Yeah, that I think in like his stuff that he gets caught up in and everything, I think is actually more interesting than the two protagonists even and they're all kind of related um how, how far uh, did you get by the way chapter wise i read to the whole first volume okay, okay yeah now that you mentioned i hadn't thought of it but now that you mentioned it, they totally are it is york and agent 335 in the way that their personalities bounce off each other and that setup is basically the same and the art style i i didn't mind i thought the art in wildest man was fine i guess i'm just not like <laughs> terribly picky about the art in comics i thought it was fine here too i've actually strangely been really bummed about the art in the walking dead i have a print copy of the first like compendium of the walking dead and i really didn't like the art in that it's all black and white which is fine the first two or three issues of that are done by one artist and then they switch to a different artist mm. who's much in my opinion worse oh. uh and so but then like the entire rest of the series is done by this second artist and mm. you, you go and you read about the backstory and stuff and it's like oh well the first artist was not great for like other reasons other than their art mm-hmm. was you know what caused them to get switched to a new person. But I was like, man, that sucks because their art was way better. So yeah, but anyway, but generally I'm not picky about the art in the comics. I don't know, it was okay. The further along I got in it, the more interested I was. But like I said, I was more interested in sort of what are probably more side plots than actually the main plot. By the way, I felt the way about Why the Last Man when I was first reading it. Oh yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure if I'm going to pick up Volume Two or not. I mean, I'm glad that I gave it a shot and like read through it and kind of found out what it's about, but. I don't know. I don't know if there's enough there to bring me back just to read the whole series. Interesting. I absolutely love this comic. It's great. It has everything that I didn't feel like I was getting out of Why the Last Man. There's fantastic visuals. There's characters that I thought were very likable. And a setting that I thought was way more interesting than post-apocalyptic 
post-apocalyptic again mm-hmm. in a different way, you know, but it was, it felt like I'd see that white last man thing before. I feel like there's moments that are very grounded in the way that kind of seemed like it was missing why the last man. In other words, like when the characters are talking, they talk in ways that I would expect my friends to talk and my, okay. actually, I actually was not sure that I enjoyed that part. Not because I didn't like the way that they talked, but it felt like this weird anachronism sort of thing where it's like, well, it's this, completely out there sci-fi galaxy which does not seem to be in any way connected to our galaxy everything is totally different but they talk like they're from 2005 they talk like americans from 2005 it's the shrek effect yeah it's i found it annoying i was like you know i don't yeah i don't want them to speak in like high english or i don't want them all to speak in made-up things but like some of the particular turns of phrase i was like that's well we wouldn't say that well we're not even here i mean Okay. Well, I, I really liked it. I like the fact that I like the juxtaposition of all the crazy stuff happening mm-hmm. and then they're using kind of language that sounds like what we would hear now. To me, to me, that was fun to read. Obviously, we're not technically in the lore. We're not hearing their language. You know, we're hearing the American, the English translation or whatever, you know, okay. so I, I sort of took that for what it was. But I mean, there's all these things like with cell phones and, and things like that. I mean, they're kind of funny, but they feel like forced pop culture references just to yeah. be funny. It's not in service of the story at all. There's a scene where one of the characters is like clearly bored and playing on his cell phone. It's like, all oh, this app update crashed and I have to restart my, yeah. whole, my whole device. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> yeah. I get. I know that's supposed to be funny and it is sort of, you know, low chuckle sort of like, mm-hmm, but it's not as clever as I think the authors thought it would be. I think I just had polar opposite reactions to everything you guys mentioned. So I didn't find the relationship between Marco and Lana to be, it didn't even occur to me it was the same as Yorick and 355. I didn't find that situation ever fun to read. They didn't feel like they were, at least on the surface, they they weren't trying to work together early on. And it was over time, maybe some of the areas that I haven't read, you know, maybe they get closer, I assume, from what you guys are suggesting they do. But I never really cared what they were up to. I very much care what Marco and Alana are up to. And it feels like they're very open about the fact that they, w- they want to be successful in raising their child. You know, it felt very genuine to me. And I don't really remember, I haven't read a ton of comic books, but I don't remember running a, running across a type of story like this where it's like married life, but with aliens. You know, I find all the space stuff really interesting. I really like the fact, kind of strangely enough, similar to Bioshock Infinite, where they mix in all these sort of disparate parts, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it somehow all works together. You know, like Bioshock Infinite, it's, quantum physics and the vigors and the 1912 kind of time period and somehow mashes it all up and all works to me here it feels the same way so they've got the soldiers and they've got the magic stuff and then they've got robots and then they've got the lion cat which i think is one of the funniest characters i do like the lion cat the lion cat was really neat and uh and the bounty hunter stuff i mean there's just so many different elements i really love and so many things are sort of quirky and surprising I, i love it I like reading the dialogue. I like the story. I'm really curious to see what happens. As far I mean, as the speaking art. of the dialogue, so we're talking about it, like one thing I did like about it a lot was the narration mm-hmm. from the you know the I guess Hazel, yeah, from Hazel. Like I thought that was really cool and very like very poetically written, you know. And and I wasn't even sure at first it was her talking. I, just, I thought it was kind of cool. That there was like this poetic narration going on of the story, you know. And eventually you realize it's this, it's this character talking. But I actually like that, and that was something that I'd never seen before in a comic and added a different flavor to the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with the art style, I you know it didn't occur to me that there was there was any sort of problem with it. the two. I mean, I mean, look at this. What is this? <laughs> what is going on here? I, it just ruined the scene for me. So for our podcast listeners, <laughs> there's a two page spread. There's there's a large battle scene. So what, what, what it, 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 you it looks this? like there was a scene painted, and then someone later on came in and drew this thing on top of it. Well, so the trick. I mean, the, so, so look, it's so completely different the styles. Yeah, but so this is intentional. Well, I, I don't know if in this case it was intentional, but it's a common tool to use in these sort of illustrations to use hard lines and the things you want the reader to look at and use the background stuff with softer lines to imp- imp- imply depth. 
So I don't know if that's why they did this. There, there also is sometimes a reason to do it just purely for production time because it would, it would take a long time to sort of figure out the lines of every single bit of the background. But to me, it never occurred to me there was anything other than beautiful, <laughs> you know? So I, I, I'm now maybe part of that for me is because I'm sort of aware of what some of the techniques are they would use to direct the reader's attention. You know, and maybe I'm sort of forgiving into something that is annoying and I'm just not noticing it. But I, I was really surprised to hear that you said it. Yeah, I, I mean, it means that I, if I'd read enough comics, I would be used to it or something. Yeah. But for me, it, like it from the very beginning, it jumped out, and it just seemed to get more and more distracting as time went by. Yeah. You know, as the scenes became more epic, I was more pulled out of the story. I feel like I could peel off the foreground and have you something. <laughs> like you know, stare. yeah, you know, it's like yeah. why? Why is this so different? Like, I, I mean, I. I yeah. guess maybe trying to draw that, draw your attention to it, but I feel like I mean people don't have to do have to do that with paintings. Right. I mean I know to look at the person in the foreground because they're in focus. Yeah. You know. I and think then, if, if they were to have drawn all the lines on the stuff in the background, it would be really distracting. I know, but why is it on the foreground? Like why why have yeah. these exaggeratedly well, strong lines in the foreground? You're like so black and so dark and so thick. That's a good question. Well, I think that's just historically how they've done this kind of. Somebody this is, starts with a pencil sketch, and then they ink it, and then they color it, and that's just how comics have been done forever. There's not really I guess a technical. But, but this didn't really like jump out at me with Why the Last Man. Well, they used a different technique there. They didn't have the... I think the thing that you're describing is in Why the Last Man, they didn't have the lush backgrounds, right? So this is less reductive and more additive. They've added the watercolor paintings in the background that Why the Last Man did not have. Now, if you flip it around, you could say that Why the Last Man is additive in the sense that they've added lines. Why get rid of the lines? Why not just be beautiful everywhere? Why have this cartoonishness? That part specifically, I think what you're asking for is make the whole thing a painting. But that takes a really, really long time. I think most people would say it's impractical for comic books. There are some that do it. But it's kind of in the minority, and it also the proportion of time invested to amount of enjoyment, I think, is considered to not be worth it. Like Alex Ross is famous for having some really gorgeous paintings, and sometimes it constitutes the entire book. But it's so much, particularly when the, the goal here is to to get through this story that probably take forever to paint it. So that one aspect, in other words, not why are there not lines in the background, but why are there lines at all? I think that part is production oriented. Or whatever that's worth. Ultimately, all that aside, the biggest single decision is that it's a stylistic decision. It's literally just an artwork decision. I really like it. I like the idea of implying depth by having the close-up details with heavier weight lines and the background is just the background. But, you know, it's art. So obviously somebody could like it and somebody could not like it. So one of those men actually seems to have, like, the style is more consistent. It's less watercolory in the landscape backgrounds and still has... But there's still lines back there. Yeah. I, I don't like that nearly as much, honestly, because to me that looks like it's flat surface. And this, the difference I see in Saga is that with the quote-unquote blurry background, to me that's like looking at the, the way distant background. Yeah, but the problem I have particularly with you know, like that one scene that, that I think is the worst offender is that one thing is it's in the background. It's so far away. And yet they just want you to like pay attention to it. And so even though it's a background thing, it's crisp and strong and bright and has heavy lines, even though it's really far away. And other things that are similarly far away or even closer yet, but which are in the background are blurry and soft. Uh, and so it's, it sort of feels like it breaks the rules. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I really like it. I really like the, the, the visual style a lot. I don't know. Anyway, I think we're just we're different on that. Don't need to hash, hash that in the yeah. yeah, I like this style. I think overall better. I think being visual actually is you know more useful here. Mm-hmm. But I mean, maybe just that's like an outsider to comic books. It just feels like a flaw in the medium. Interesting. You know? The other thing I really like about this relative to the Wide Last Man artwork is that there's a much wider color spectrum that's used and much more saturated colors versus Wide Last Man is used a much more restricted palette and much more muted tones. Which I think fits the apocalyptic. Absolutely. 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 So for whatever it's worth, I think there's some really funny moments. The line cat is one of the most entertaining moments, but there's a lot of like little jokes seated in different places. And I think it, 
covers a wide range of emotions. By the way, one thing I specifically disagree with the suggestion that Marco is the same as Yorick. I, I was going to say that because of the snarky jokes that, that they both have constantly, that's what made me feel like they were the same character. Mm. I, I guess I never thought of a defining feature as, of Yorick as being snarky jokes. They're snarky oh, jokes. I feel, I feel like that's like one of his most strong personality traits. Uh, I, I disagree. I mean, at least for me, that wasn't the thing that... That's not what I think of when I think of Yorick. What, what do you think of? The thing I think of, Yor- of Yorick is he, he's never in, implied as being the physically stronger person compared to him and Agent 355. He, except in these cases where he just kind of goes berserk, and they kind of explain it later, but why he sort of has a death wish. And here I feel it's flipped so that Marco is clearly a very capable warrior, but decides that he doesn't want to participate in that. Alana does not have that same reservation. She's like, I'm going to keep my baby alive. Uh, And there is one place in book one, volume one, I should say, where he actually takes the limiter off and starts taking people out. And it's a really interesting scene. But to me, that was a much more complicated and subtle part of his personality than anything I remember seeing in in Why the Last Man. So until you had said it, it had not occurred to me that they were like the same characters. I mean, maybe just because I've read all of Why the Last Man, so maybe, I've spent maybe. more time with him, and his character does evolve a little bit. But it, it seems like, yeah, maybe it isn't Yorick from the first few books. It did feel like more where Yorick ends up at. Yeah, they definitely feel cut from the same cloth. Anyway, so I I love it. I mean, if nothing else, the, the summary of this, I think it would say, is for me at least, compared to the things I've read, it's such a fresh take on a universe and a tone and a visual style that I really liked and it isn't similar to the things I've read. I haven't read... A lot of stuff that's out there, you know, so maybe this is taking cues from other stuff, but I, I think it's really cool. And I think it's different than, you know, a lot of the things that's getting attention right now. So I, I, I personally recommend it. Steve, it sounds like you wouldn't recommend it. I don't know that I, if I, if I know, if I've developed a strong enough opinion yet to, to recommend it, I've said I've only read half of volume one. I'll probably, I'm almost only finish it. I just... And it's, it's the, active. We should say it's active right now. Like yeah. new issues are coming out, and they're, so yeah. So I'll, I'll probably finish reading it. So I don't dislike it such that I'm going to stop. I'm going to be like, oh, don't, don't have to read it anymore. You know, I'm going to I'm going to keep going. I'll finish what I've whatever I purchased. Whether I'll keep on from there, I'm not sure. I like Justin, I, I don't really know. Maybe I'll have a stronger opinion later on. But I couldn't recommend it now, just because I it hasn't yet hooked me well enough to really say that I love it. But it, it's been entertaining enough to keep me flipping through the pages when I have sat down to read it. Justin. It reminds me a lot, actually, of, I don't know if you guys have ever read or heard of the Sandman series by Neil Gaiman. I've run across it, but I have not read it. Yeah, so I kind of did the same thing with that one, where I, I read the first couple of issues. And there's some actually some similarities in the sense that they both do a lot of mythology building, where like Sandman and this have these huge worlds where there's clearly a whole lot going on, and they don't give you the whole story right away. And that's part of, I guess, the shtick is that you're going to learn more about this universe as you go. And there's yeah. all these different corners to explore. And I really want to like Sandman, mm-hmm. and I kind of don't. And I, I feel like it's kind of the same way with this, where it's like, I feel like I really want to like this, but I'm not sure that I actually want to muscle through the parts that I don't like to keep reading volume two. Hmm. So, But I would say that if our description is at all interesting, mm-hmm. then you should give it a shot because there's some cool stuff going on here and you may get hooked, but me personally, I'm not sure that I am hooked. The, the one kind of weird note here is, I'm guessing either of you have seen the anime series FLCL? I have not. Okay. There's one, it's, it's not really explained in the first volume, but there's this faction that's robots with TVs on their heads or foreheads. Our heads. For our heads, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's intentional, but it looks very, very similar to a very prominent character from that anime series. And it's a very it's a very influential series. So to me, it was just funny. I, I keep seeing that series in my head every single time I run across a panel 
where it has these royalty TV people. Yeah, it's weird that they're all like the nobility. Yeah. Like these weird, like they're humanoid, but they have old school CRT television sets. For yeah. Kids. Yeah. yeah. I'm kind of curious. The reason I want to keep reading it is actually just to like, what, yeah. what are the backstory explaining them, how they ended up that yeah. way, how they ended up being this seemingly for higher nobility, something weird like that. Yeah. The differences to contracts and things like that. And yeah, yeah it's strange like, that it's like they've been hired by one side of the war. Yeah. yeah. For some, to do, to what end? I'm not yeah. Sure. But, but, but to, like, to be their generals or their, I mean, so it's kind of bizarre. So I'm, yeah, I'm curious to like, hope they fill that in a little bit. I, um, I have some comments. But, but it's, oh. it's, but it's the same kind of thing right? Justin said earlier. It's like, if these are things interesting me, that interest me are the periphery of the story. Yeah. I don't really care about the main two characters. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't find the will. I, I would be okay with the will not being in the story, honestly. Oh, really? Oh, really? No, I thought, I I thought and, until the will and the stock both kind of showed up, I was not yeah. into it at all. And yeah. then when, when, like, when they call each other, like that's when I was like, well, this is great. Really? We're, we're, that's so is, funny. We're, we're finally like heading in the right direction here now. Yeah. Yeah. The will and the stock to me just seems like every, I feel like I've seen that so many times that I just, I mean, it's not the guy who doesn't play by the rules, you know, and that whole thing. It's like, okay. I mean, I know, but, but I mean, I feel like the couple trying to protect their baby is done 10 times more than that. I mean, really? like, how can you get more, how, how more can, than the, the two rogues like that used to have yeah. a relationship? Oh boy. I don't, I disagree with that. Yeah. No, I think I'm with Steve on this one. Anyway, yeah, so I recommend it. So, okay. I guess that's our review. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you have any feedback on this show or another show, well, this episode or another episode, you could send us feedback on other podcast shows if you want to. You may not get it routed to the correct source, but if you have any feedback on this episode or another episode, you can email us at feedback at lowearthorbit.fm. We're on Twitter at lowearthshow and on our website at lowearthorbit.fm. We collect all the show notes for everything that we talk about. So in case you want to track something down and look into more of the details of it, including Saga in this case, uh, you can go to the website. Otherwise, I think that's about it. The thing I am most shocked about, honestly, <laughs> of that entire conversation is that you had such a strong vis- visceral reaction to that one panel. I mean, I well, no, no, all of them. But this is the one I felt, I felt like I got to this point. Like, this is it, gorgeous. It was, it was bothering me all the way through. And yeah. this one was like a breaking point. I'm like, really? This is ridiculous. <laughs> I would be happy if there were just words and I could imagine it in my head. It would be perfect. <laughs> this is beautiful. Like, mm-hmm. I like this. You know, okay, so I'm you like, like that I, I was looking at, I was looking at, like, like, this is really nice. I'm really happy that there's a good art style. Early on, they don't, you know, most things are like really close up, so it's not really as apparent. Yeah. But it was still bothering me on some of these, sure. you know, like particularly like the scenes with uh, the Will and his space station. There's him in his chair, and then they're like, super crisp, but everything else is watercolor. And I'm like, just, it just, it feels so well, cheap it, and well, wrong. I, and and I see where you're coming from. Like, I, I didn't mind the art, but I see where you're coming from because. It, it's schizophrenic. Like well, someone did old, this, and someone else. It's an old Scooby Doo cartoon, right? Yeah. Where, like the characters are all look totally different in the background. Yeah. yeah. No, I know what you mean. I mean, I guess I don't it's understand not, why it offends it's, you. It's not that, it's it's not that it offends like, me. No, but, you, no, no you asked, but you asked me, like, well, that, the, the things I didn't like about Why the Last Man was its visual style, right? Well, you said it was like, plain. It yeah. was plain and you know, and not detracted from the thing. So I was like, well, in terms of the visual style here, I like, I like the overall site they're going for, but then that particular element about it, it that was just so very strong in this. Just made the whole thing feel like just cheapened the whole thing, you know. It's just like I don't know. It's it's, it's like you know, like it's like looking at a UI with like the, everything all horribly out of alignment. You know, like well, <laughs> it's it's still it's, it doesn't matter. You can still use it the same way. You know, what does what does it matter if they're aligned? No, but it's I, like I, oh, it's just I, killing me. This I don't, is how I am I don't, with panels. You know? So I think that's a poor dis- comparison because there's plenty of places in any comic book where all kinds of things are happening that don't abide by physics. Uh-huh. I'm not disputing the fact that you feel this way, but it's hard for me to put myself in your shoes as to why is this specific aspect of the art so frustrating to you i think well i think that just on whatever visceral level i think you just don't like the art and i think that you would be willing to live with it 
if there was at least a consistent rational reason why it looks the way that it does, but you can't find one, and so you're just bothered by it. If you don't like the art, then it's going to be hard to enjoy the comic if the art just constantly offends your sensibilities, whether or not there's a rational yeah. reason. I, I mean, I I just, like I said, I don't really have strong feelings about most comic book art, but I can see how you like, you just constantly being bothered. And I think know. it's just worse here because it feels like it's so close to being great. Like, I've, I've never found comic book art that I've liked. Yeah. Honestly. Sunday, so, which is a more fundamental thing. Which, which, is, which, which, which is like, <laughs> yeah, which is like, I mean, Sunday afternoon, like, comic book, like, Calvin and Hobbes. I don't, I don't dislike it. It's fine. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't, it works just, it works perfectly for what it needs to do. It doesn't distract me in any particularly, you know, like, in any particular, particular way. But when it gets to, like, graphic novel type stuff, mm-hmm. yeah. I've always disliked the art in those. And I've always wanted to like the art. And yeah. I feel like, this is so close to me, something I could really like. And well, I feel like it could really enrich you it. You just have to understand that maybe the core of the issue here is you understand that the paintings, which is really what you're describing. So the thing that the lines buy you is shortcuts, production shortcuts. So if you don't have the lines, you have to imply the lines by the way the light is painted. And it takes about eight times as long to paint it that way. So there are some books, they're rare, that that do that. But it's just, I think you just sort of have to know going into a comic book that it's impractical <laughs> in most cases. No, and this, this may be fine. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying that like the art itself will be the reason for me to stop reading because like, if that was the case, I would never would have made it Why the Last Man. I read the entire series. Yeah, yeah. You know, not liking the art. I mean, I didn't hate the art. I don't hate the art here either. Mm-hmm. In both cases, I want to like the art so I can in, like the entire experience. Mm-hmm. And I always feel like the art is one of the biggest barriers to me enjoying these things. Ultimately, you're making trade-offs, right? You're like trading some amount of narrative you can tell for art instead because it, you know, art is expensive. You couldn't do all of most novels with art for every every bit of the action because it would just be prohibitively expensive. So you're you're basically sacrificing a certain amount of the story to get art, right? And so I wish I appreciated the art enough to make up for how much story I was probably being cut out as a result of it. Well, I don't know if I agree with that, though, because a lot of times, at least for me, the scene is telling me part of the story. You're getting a different part of the story, maybe, than we get. But in terms of total quantity, I'm not sure it's so easy to measure. Like, I'm, I'm, I, just by looking around his ship, right, I can get some idea of what his lot in life is. Otherwise, if it was just text, I would, they would have to tell me there's, like, a poorly, you know, a poorly no, no, kept no, ship. No, in no, life. no, yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm not disputing that, that there's no value in the, in the art. You know, the fact remains that this is a huge portion of the experience is the art. It's like so, how many man hours went into the art. Yeah. And, and if those and, man hours had gone into, like, just producing a manuscript, would you have gotten more plot or a better plot? Or, like, if those re- if that same amount of effort had been expended on just the plot, do you think? Is that what well, but saying? it's different people. I yeah, mean, no, I mean, it's, it's not, I mean, not saying, like, more plot is better either. Sure, sure. But it's like, you know, I, I want to appreciate everything that this medium can offer. Right. So, so I watch a movie, you know, special effects are crappy. Well, yes, it isn't enough, you know, the plot may be fine, but that's a aspect of this medium. And I'm not enjoying that part because it's really distracting and, yeah. and poor quality, you it's know. And so, like, yeah, here, here we've traded, you know, there's less, you know, possibly less story and there's more visuals. And so I want to enjoy the visuals so like, I don't want to just subside on the story. Well, why do you and, think there's less story? I'm really confused by that statement. What, what do you suggest that they sacrifice story? Look, I feel like I feel like I mean, not much happens. I read the you know for the first three books in like an hour, an hour and a half, or something like that. You know, I mean, some stuff happens, but you know, not a tremendous amount happens. And so you're saying the amount of I'm I'm just actually thinking, thinking more from the other direction, which is like I'm thinking of like books I've read recently. Could they have been made into a comic book with all the same details? I can't even imagine how you would fit Cryptonomicon. You know, my goodness. <laughs> I mean, that's a bit of extreme example. Extreme example, but like I mean, I even. You know, like, I almost, almost no book I can imagine that I've read as a novel form. Like, I think how much story, how much, how much stuff goes on, how do you think probably fit that in a graphic novel without just cutting it down massively? I, I don't see how that would be possible. So maybe you just don't like comic books? No, I'm not saying I don't like comic books. The, the, my, my whole point, I mean, you asked me about the art. Well, right? no, the, the last question I asked you is why you thought that there was less story. 
I think there's less story because compared to a novel, you simply could not illustrate everything that most novel, like everything that so many novels actually contain. Mm, you know, maybe I don't know. I mean, maybe that part's off. But that 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 aside, perhaps I think it's somewhat of a red herring. My chief complaint is I want when I'm reading, enjoying any kind of medium, I want to enjoy all aspects of it if I can. So someone could, if someone would put more time to this, they could make this better. Mm. They simply have chosen. You say it's financial reasons. You you cannot afford to do it. So it's like, well, well no, no, no. So, so, so it, it's like special. It's like Star Trek. You know, they couldn't afford to get good special effects, so they were crappy. It's. I mean, yeah. it's possible. It, it, I mean, if they had a way bigger budget, they could have put special effects. I mean, Jurassic Park mm. special effects hold up today. They put a crap ton more money in it back then. I, I think if they well, would put that money into the art, this art could be unbelievable. Maybe it's not financially feasible. Well, but the problem is, this is there's a mythical <laughs> month, uh, mythical man month problem here, which is that even if you could afford to have one artist doing a 30-hour painting on every single panel, it would not look good because everybody has such a radically different style. So it's it's I mean, not... M- movies do this. Movies have ginormous teams. Yeah, know? but it's not... You, it's you often don't... not even the same company that does yeah. that. Yeah. Pain, painting, the same painting, yeah. Paintings are very, very different medium. Just trying to paint something that looked like your own art from two days ago is very, very difficult. So it's not... When you're doing a movie and you're doing like special effects, there is an algorithmic portion to that, right? I mean, there's you're you're using some algorithm to get to the particular effect painting is so organic compared to that i don't think there's any way to get to what you're saying for most books I, i'm maybe maybe there isn't but i mean this is the medium <laughs> you know may, maybe it's impossible for you know for, re, for yeah. reasons related to production costs maybe. for reasons to art but it's like you know if if we could get there somehow i would enjoy this a lot more if each one of these i could you know what was of the quality i've, I've tried to describe you know where there isn't this like cartoony you know disconnect between the foreground and the background so you are, so both this and why the last man and do we do we do any other comics or are those the only two that we've done this is the only two yeah so these are both like i think really similar art styles and the fact that they seem very like traditionally comic-y and even things like lock and key which is another comic series that's that even like, more so we would like to it's yeah it's all the same like comic yeah comic style or watchman um but maybe but there's a lot of comics that aren't like that or not well, a lot but they're yeah there but is, i don't think you'd like this better there's a segment well i don't know i think you might so and they're just you know in, in some ways they're you know more abstract or they're more whatever but like this is not the only style of art that exists in the comic book world is like this traditional looks like all the other superhero comics that, that are out there with Absolutely. like this particular art this is just the art style that has become common yeah for comics for whatever reason yeah but it's not the only style. And so there do exist comics that have a much different style. And maybe we should review one of those, like just for comparison and just go totally off the reservation. And do sure. Else. Like, you know, the, the cover issues for Why the Last Man, where they have yeah. like the, the hand painting. Mm-hmm. Of which Steve really liked it. Yeah, which, yeah, I like those. And I wish the whole thing was like that. Right. I, I, so I, I think that is the problem, right? I don't think that's ever going to happen. So, But he can set that as a bar for himself personally that sure. if, uh, if you were to find a comic that was like that, you would really like I, it. I mean, I mean, again, the problem that I have, I mean, is that like some portion you know, you know these are competing against my own my own imagination for painting the world you know and yeah. so I, I mean i put a there's there's this bar for how i could imagine it could be yeah. and then now you're you're re- replacing that with this right. i mean in some ways like i said like you know it's some, this one did a better job than white last man because like particularly like in this one panel where you know the stock shows up i was like whoa you know it's like this bizarrely like <laughs> you know and then, like that and, surprise that shock is yeah like, i wouldn't have had that happen. to do yeah it's just a print yeah exactly just, so i mean text, it's yeah. not i mean there's it's all about trade-offs right so in those cases it really works well but I feel like in so many cases, it just I find it distracting, you know. Yeah. So I, that, I that's what, that's one of the cool. Th- so like Steve and I both read The Shining, and I think my mental picture of the Overlook Hotel is probably very different than Steve's mental picture of the Overlook Hotel, or my mental picture of 
the boiler in the basement is much different than your mental picture of the boiler in the basement. But like, you know, there's certain things like the overlook is supposed to be creepy. And like, what's creepy to me, you know, may not be what's creepy to Steve, but in our minds, it is the creepiest possible hotel in whatever way that you want it and whatever makes sense to you. You know, and that's, that's kind of, the, you know, the cool thing about removing the art entirely, you know, it, it detracts from, I guess, the creator's ability to dictate kind of those things, but then it gives the reader the flexibility sort of in your imagination to say, you know, the, the creepiest thing I could imagine is X. And because those details weren't in the text, I had to fill them into my mind. And you fill them in with the things that mean something to you. And that's sort of like the magic of, you know, by forcing you to use your imagination that way, it forces you to picture the things that are going to work for you. That's why the scary scenes work. Like, when, you know, reading this or reading like Why the Last Man, like there's some like action-packed scenes there's like some creepy scenes like there's different stuff but i don't feel it like in my gut i don't feel it like in my stomach you know but like reading the shining or reading it or reading the dark tower or whatever like i can feel it in my stomach you know and then like i think the reason it feels that way is because by omitting certain details or by not having like a literal picture that's there the author forces you to fill in this action-packed scene like i'm imagining what the fight looks like in a way that i think is the coolest possible fight and you might, your definition of the coolest possible fight is going to be a little bit different, but we can each have our version of the fight that works for us. Because if there is like the one canonical version that's in a painting or in a movie, we all have to live with it. And it's like, well, I think it would have been cooler, you know, if this had happened, or I think it would have been creepier if, you know, the spider had been hairier versus like more slick or whatever. And like, but you know, I mean, those, but those kind of details, like whatever like creeps you out or like whatever gets you excited or like you can make it that way for you. And we can all agree on the broad strokes that the author put in there, but the individual details that really amp it up for you, like you can provide those to whatever makes sense for you. I mean, the thing, the reason that, and I understand that that's what people get out of novels and that's even what I think, I think you might've even said that about device six, that one of the things you like totally. is that, Absolutely. but for me, the thing is I feel like I'm kind of being cheated because I want to know, like, I don't just want the echo chamber of my head of other things I've previously seen that are my reference point for creepy. Like I want to see, maybe some version of creepy I've never seen before and, you know, and right. use that in the future well, and that, and that when I'm work. asking yeah, to yeah. like to recreate, when somebody does say mm-hmm. evoke a feeling of creepy, or I'm sitting down to draw something that's creepy. Right. It's like those other things I've seen that I would not have seen if it was just plain text. To mm-hmm. me, that's, I'm drawing from that. Well, right. I mean, this is the trip that I think almost, almost all these pieces of art ha- ha- where we have to walk is that this fine line is between, you know, when can you do better than the reader or the viewer, you know? Right. And this is why, like, scary movies often do are better when you don't see the scary thing. Mm-hmm. You can imagine it. And then you see it, and you're like, well, that's, that's really lame. This is the premise of like, the entire movie Alien. Yeah. Like, you, you basically don't see the alien, except for very small parts throughout yeah. the movie. And that makes it so much more effective. Because, or even uh, the original It. Uh, is it, it The Thing. The Thing. Uh, from Was that the 80s or the 70s that they did the original one? But that one's another one where I don't, I don't think you actually ever see the the alien or the monster yeah. or whatever i don't think you ever see it at all and like or like cloverfield where you first two-thirds you don't see it yeah and then when you do see it it suddenly like <laughs> the quality of the movie falls off and, and oh you know yeah and that's the thing is because when they reveal it it sort of forces it to take on a certain and it, and persona it, and it can almost and it, never be as amazing as you imagine exactly. or scary like, i mean what's well it is i mean like yeah. i think like i say you know the stock was like more bizarre and creepy and freaky than i would have imagined me too and so it, it actually worked there. Like, it actually, you know, it actually overcame, you know, what I would imagine. And you can pull that off, then it works, you know, across whatever medium you're operating in. Yeah. But you're always treading that off. It's the special effects. Like, you know, you don't, you want to, it's better to, like, if you have a budget, you do fewer higher quality ones that are going to impress someone and let them imagine what's happening the rest of the time versus, you know, spread across a lot of scenes where they're all crappy and they're distracting because you don't have a budget for that. Think about uh, Primer or Primer, the, the, like, the really insane time travel movie that was done on yeah. like, zero budget. There's, 
the whole movie is based off of time travel, but there's no special effects. There's no special effect for the time travel. They just have like this box that they go into and they pop back out of it, you know, the day before. But like, it doesn't require any special effects. And they didn't, when they didn't try to, you know, if they had tried to have, you know, these crazy special effects where they like, you know, walk through the Stargate or whatever, they wouldn't have had the budget. It would have done a terrible job. And we would all not like the movie as much because it would all be groaning over the special effects. And so by avoiding them altogether, it actually makes it more effective. You know, it's funny that something I'm sure neither of you have run across, but there was a real short version of the story. There's a book, or sorry, a book that they used to describe the production process of the Batman animated series. Mm. And one of the interesting things they had to do across the entire series is when, before that show came out, the level of acceptability for a children's show mm-hmm. of the level of violence and mental disorders and that kind of stuff was way lower than after when the series completed. They hit these walls of things like they had to show uh, Dick Grayson. Is that who Robin is? They're one of the Robins, I think, Dick Grayson. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that's the kid's name. But in the particular incarnation of the story they chose before he became Robin, his his parents were killed uh, in one of their circus acts. Mm. So the the script called for the fact that they fall from one of the high wire acts and they hit the ground. You can't show that at 4 p.m. on a kid's block, on right? On Cartoon Network. Right. right. So what yeah. they did instead, and this is actually illustrated really well in the book, is that they showed the silhouette of the shadow mm-hmm. of them falling, or, or, or just the empty um, uh, trapeze. Right. You know, and then every, the audience going, <gasps> yeah. and that was enough. And it was actually hit you harder. Yeah, totally. That you couldn't see it. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, you know, I was just thinking, like last episode we were talking about Kentucky Route Zero. The visuals in that are so cool, mm-hmm. I think, that I think if you were reading that story, I, I don't think I would have enjoyed it nearly as much because I wouldn't get to see that stuff, you know. I don't think it's, it's polar either way. It's not yeah, like you yeah. never want to see pictures and you always want to see pictures. Right. But um, Yeah, it's, it's all these things. I mean, it's just a, like with this particular medium, they they push the they push the you know the line over to much more to visual. So there's a lot less for you to imagine, right, in, in you know, comic books. And if, if it's impossible to afford the budget to make those li- match the level that I could imagine every single one of these events happening. Yeah. I don't know that I'm ever going to to appreciate the visual aspect of it as you know versus the you know the cost that it's kind of you know, that, it's, that it's taking. And I think it's not a trade-off that like I'm particularly a big fan of. And I said I'm not I don't I don't mean to degrade anyone else's experience. I mean, you know, if you if you get more out of that, that's great. And I'm obviously a lot of people really like it a lot. But that's my that's the battle is that, you know, you've moved the bar, you've taken a lot of a lot of the stuff out of my imagination's hands and now in you know you put it on the paper, but you can't afford to do it as much as well as I'd like. And so now I'm always gonna be continually disappointed by this. And occasionally I'll be delighted, you know, and when you actually do do something that I would imagine. But in general I can imagine most things are having just fine. And I didn't need you to draw it for me. And I need you to draw it for me in this budget-constrained or time-constrained or personnel-constrained way that I find easily find flaws with. It's funny. The one the one thing that really surprised me about that is that, to me, the difference between sort of the watercolor... Well, actually, not even the watercolor. The hand-painted look, like some of the Why the Last Man covers and parts of the backgrounds in Saga. To me, that's not better or worse than the heavy line style. It's just two separate styles that I appreciate for different reasons. And it sounds like, to you personally you place the hand-painted style well above the other styles that you've seen in comic books. Well, I mean, I like it better. But the thing that bothers me most is that they're stuck together in the same thing. In the same panel. Yeah. yeah. So it feels like they're two different things. I'm drawn, I was constantly drawn to this dictonomy and not to the what the panel is showing me. I, I, every time I look, I just, I just see this and I see like, well, why are they so different? And I just yeah. want to like see the st- thing. And instead I see these two different things stuck together. It's like to probably, you know, go back to user faces again, even though it's maybe not the best analogy. Like it's if like everything was colored and then you these black and white, but then like the foreground animals were always in black and white or something like that. I'm like, why are they different? Like, yeah. why can't we like all, you know, be able to work, be able to operate in the same universe? Like it, it just feels constantly wrong. What's interesting is that, so 
Calvin and Hobbes, uh, I think actually a lot of like sort of more newspaper comics kind of do this too, I think, but like there almost isn't a background. Like yeah. what, what few background elements there are, are all done in the same style as the foreground elements, but most of the time they're just omitted, you know, like at any given moment, you kind of know, like through context, like Calvin and Hobbes are like out in the woods or whatever, but there's not, you know, not each leaf is out there. Like there's just, there's just enough details to set the setting. And then Watterson sort of allows you to sort of, okay. And then here insert Ohio in the fall. And you, they give just enough details to know it's Ohio in the fall, but not enough that you sort of start to nitpick the individual pieces, right? Yeah. So maybe, I don't know, just like thinking out loud, like I wonder if Saga in particular, you would have enjoyed it more if they had just omitted more of the backgrounds and then in the few scenes where it really needs it, they put an enormous amount of effort yeah, into and, those few panels. And they actually match the match the style right. of the foreground. I think I would probably enjoy that more if you would just like get yeah, colors in the background and stuff sure. and things like that, you know, I'd... At least, or at least it wouldn't be as distracting to me. I mean, the thing, I mean, I mean, I wish I wasn't distracted by it. It's not all these things that I like. I'm like proud of that it bothers me. It's just that it, it, it you know, it can be. Yeah, it's so, it's so surprising because my memory of, and I, I haven't read nearly as much of it or as frequently as you, but my memory of the art style from Calvin and Hobbes is that it was at times very similar to the Saga approach, which is that the backgrounds are very watercolory and fuzzy. But there's, well, they're still inked though. Like, I don't think. Very, but, uh, yeah, kind of. I mean, so that like, that's, that's an example of. It's the well, background well, is definitely not. Well, well, I mean, but but that, that, one, that one's actually like the cover of one of the books. Okay. Well, so yeah, that's kind of like maybe I'm misremembering, but I, I always remember like those those fall scenes where the the I mean, actually even when we saw Watterson, you know, they use in the transitions between the different segments of the movie, they have like the watercolor flowy trees and and background and river and streams and everything, and up front is always Calvin and Hobbes with sharp outlines and you know inked. Yeah. Um, and I, I the only reason I bring that up is I thought that you would like. Based on your enjoyment of Calvin and Hobbes, you would like that same effect in Saga. And I'm surprised to hear that it was the exact opposite reaction. And maybe you just don't, maybe you never noticed yeah. it in Calvin and Hobbes. You know, or maybe I, I'm misremembering. I, 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 conveniently, someone got me the complete Calvin and Hobbes for Christmas. Did I have not have that already? I, actually, I wanted it. And then it was like, <laughs> it was like ridiculously expensive at first. I mean, I, I had all the Calvin and Hobbes individually. You, you had the complete collection. Yeah, but, but not I, in a book called The Complete I, Collection. Yes, I didn't have the beautiful, <laughs> you know, like. Yeah, like hardcover bound <laughs> version of it, which I have now. But I ha- so I've, I've actually like you know have intended for the first time ever to go through the entire thing in order because I got the other books I like, guess out of order. And I'm not saying that I like I'm also the super enamored of the Calvin Hobbes artistic style. Either. That that really surprised me because I thought you loved the art. I mean, I love I love Calvin Hobbes as a whole. You yeah. know, like I love the stories and the personalities, and the characters, and you know stuff. But and I don't dislike the art, but I never thought of the art as being something that was particularly drew me to Calvin Hobbes. So what out, out of all the 2D art mediums that you've seen that are technically still animated what what do you really like like either a comic book tv series movie video game you know anything what 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 do you think represents the type of thing you're after beyond just hand-painted kit paintings so 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 2d animated yes 2d animated yeah not not like pixar but not you mentioned it but there was a pixar graphic they have it's funny with the pixar ones what they do is they 2d eyes them no that's funny so they're not just 3d right yeah yeah you know i'm not I'm not really sure there's any 2D like hand animated, you know, that's that's not just like a one off kind of thing that is, I've been like I've been enamored with the artistic style itself. I mean, maybe there is. I'm not thinking of it right now, but I, I don't so none of the Disney stuff like the TV no, because the Disney stuff has the same the same problem as this. It has this is the cell stuff. I mean, this I, you know, again, there's a, there's a reason for doing it there where they, they manage the foreground and background separately, mm-hmm. you know, but I've always found it really distracting in Disney movies. It's um, funny. I think I think nowadays it's some part of the reason, not the entire reason for all the, all the things I described, but some part of the reason is that in the same way that like video games used to, you had to do really low fidelity graphics because there simply was not the graphics hardware to handle anything yeah. more sophisticated. Nowadays, you don't have to do that. 
but they're sort of like a part of the culture yeah, that yeah, sort yeah. of retroactively does it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think to some degree that's also present in here. It, it at least makes it acceptable. Um, I think all things being equal, a lot of artists would rather have the like meticulously hand-painted things, but if it takes 30 hours per panel, <laughs> you know, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, but, yeah. I, mean, I mean, I was just trying to, I, my point of reference for what you liked art wise in 2D hand-drawn was Calvin and Hobbes. I'm really surprised to find that's actually not the case. No, I mean, Maybe I, there isn't one. That's I don't not know. to say that I dislike it. I mean, yeah. the thing that I've always sort of imagined exists, existed somewhere out in the graphic novel world was, yeah. that, was something that I, I would just love looking at the pages. Yeah, which I love here. <laughs> I'm surprised and, you don't. And I have yet to find that. You know, and you I, might and, like Alex Ross. We should, we should take a look at, see if we can find a book that's painted by Alex Ross and review that because that might totally change your worldview of, of what this stuff can look like. Although I think most of them are, are sort of superhero-centric. So, I mean, I'm pretty, pretty happy to you know, read, uh, you know, a, a book or two from it just to, to review the art style, if not yeah. the story, you know, and, and contrast that. Interesting. I mean, the good thing, too, I mean, I, I got hopefully that's not, not to say that, like, the art style will will detract from, you know, I mean, it will prevent me from enjoying any of these things. I mean, there's even movies with special effects that I can, you know, can sort of give it a pass because the story is so compelling, the story is so compelling. I mean, it's all, you know, I'm reviewing individual elements of these things. Right. Interesting. Yeah, we should yeah. dig up an Alex Ross one because I think that is the only case I remember seeing. Because there, like Justin says, there are a lot of other comics with different styles. But based on what you've described, and you might disagree with this, I think you would think they were far worse than anything you've seen in Saga because a lot of them are much more hastily drawn and they're consistent. Yeah, but... that's part of my problem too. Is that I feel like you know some people are like, oh my god, I love the art style in Three Hundred. I'm like, honestly, it looks like he did it on a napkin. Like, I don't <laughs> like. That's not. It is, I don't think it's great. It's just different, which maybe if you've only seen like Flash Gordon comics your entire yeah. life, then it's, oh my god, thank god, a breath of fresh air. There's a really there's a really cool one in uh, Mountain View called Lee's Comics. Yeah, and they're like the more art house. They, yeah. Like the stuff on the walls are like the like ones about two people that live in the cabin, you know, yeah, or, yeah, or like yeah. some uh, <laughs> Chew. So Chew, actually, have you seen Chew? You might like Chew. Well, I'll, we'll track down. I mean, so I can't. Unfortunately, all these sites have like set viewports, but that that's more common for like Alex Ross. Okay, which is wow, that is really. Which is like ray traced. Yeah, like, but you'll have to start reading. You know. Like that, that's that's <laughs> yeah. That, that's the other problem is that usually the the more pedestrian comics are like not they don't have a staff of like people mm. like Alex Ross who's yeah. a bazillion dollars an hour. Or whatever, <laughs> you know? Okay. The comic was described in some solicitations as Star Wars meets a Game of Thrones. I think later it was Wikipedia. Yeah. That later on the same thing he describes it as Star Wars for perverts. Star Wars for what? For perverts. For perverts. <laughs> In, in his own words, he... <laughs> um, all right, so I'll do a potentially real run-through. Okay. Oh, so let me do the bumper first. This week on Low Earth Orbit, we talk about the comic book saga. Yeah. There's something that was funny about this. You might want to do it one more time. Uh, the very first word. Yeah. Oh, okay. The so word itself sounded out. This week on Low Earth Orbit, we talk about the comic. <laughs> sorry, now all I could think about was this. Sorry, after sorry. Saying, no, 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 no. I shouldn't should have specified what <laughs> no, the problem was. <laughs> <laughs> this. So the, you know, the problem was like now, I, like so overanalyzing, like this. What strange. <laughs> what does this even word? mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's like every word in the English language. Like if you look at it in print for too long, you'll just start yeah. losing lemon. your mind. Lemon, lemon is like, one. Yeah. Those those letters <laughs> in that order. <laughs> that doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> Why did we do that? <laughs> My whole life is a lie. Yeah. Like, who signed off on that? Why? Why is it spelled that way? 
God. Okay. We already have the uh, after dark. We do. We're <laughs> taking care of. Justin is ahead of schedule for us. <laughs> okay. 